What, what is it that you would like to have the ability to do to change the world? That's the question. And uh, to help uh, us think about it this morning, I, I was thinking about if you could choose your own theme tune, if, if you could walk into a room and, you know, like in a film, every time a certain individual walks into a room, certain music plays, what music would you choose to be your theme tune? You know, you fling wide the gates and in you come and there's a little bit of music playing underneath. What would you have? So uh, I chose for this morning, I found six bits of music that could possibly be it. Six kind of superhero music. But, and I just, just to get you into think, thinking through what kind of superhero would you like to be, is six pieces of music. Just see if, what, if you can recognize. I'm sure you can recognize them all, but give yourself a little prize. Tell you what, no, you can have a chocolate if you're honest at the end. You can come get a chocolate at the end if you get all six. Uh, let's go with the first one. I should say that the letters have nothing to do with it. What do we reckon? The A team. Well done. Next one. Not Top Cat. <laughs> top Cat goes like this. It goes, no, I'm singing. <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Well done. Well done. Next one. Danger Mouse. Well done. Next one. We know it. Superman. Excellent. I can't remember how many left we've got. Oh, that's easy. James Bond. Jason Bourne. Right. How many have we had? One more then. That's for the old folks, because the younger folks go, that's not the tune to Batman. But I, I, the modern tune for Batman didn't seem very good. That seemed much better to me. Anyway, so there we go. What is it that you, if you could change the world, what superpower might you have? The reason we're going to do that is we're going to, I'm chuntering my way through an inexorable, what's the word? Inex, inexorably, no. In a long way. It's the word I'm trying to get in a long way through John's gospel. And Jesus is speaking to the disciples um, in the Last Supper. He's talking to them as Judas is preparing or has gone out uh, to prepare uh, to, to, to portray Jesus. 
And there's these uh, three or four chapters where he's just giving them uh, a summary of what they really need. They really need to grab hold of. These are really important things. And he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. In other words, he's saying to the 12, look, you were just minding your own business, fishing or collecting taxes or whatever it was. And I came to you and I said, I want you to follow me. Uh, a few weeks ago, we looked at remaining in God's love. Just remind us of the context. You can find all of these. You can get podcasts if you're driving or you're walking or you're running and you want to listen to stuff. Or you can watch videos that are on YouTube or wherever you get a podcast. If you win a Sutton Call for Baptist Church, you'll get the podcast that we do. And we talked about how we want to remain in God's love. And we'd started the great scandal. And dis- uh, nothing in the church over the last three years has been discussed as much as sandwich bread. I really thought that we were more spiritual than that, but everybody wants to talk to me about sandwich bread. If you weren't there, that's what that was about. And then we talked about completing joy. And what is it that helps us to be complete in joy? It is to love like Jesus. And that's the context. He's saying to you guys, look, he's saying to the disciples, look, I, I really want you to be completely fulfilled, and you need to follow my command. You need to stay in my love. And that's when he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I want to try and answer uh, a few questions. I think there are six of them uh, into different lengths uh, this evening. And these are the questions. What is the significance for us of being chosen? Because if we accept the call to be disciples, then these verses apply to us. What is the significance of being chosen? What are we chosen for? Is it possible not to be chosen? Is it possible to refuse God's choice? And then really importantly, so what? And that will lead us into Joel helping us respond together in a longer time of worship. What is the significance of being chosen? The God of the universe, who created all things, has breathed life into you and I for a purpose. Because he wants us, he's initiated something. He doesn't just say, it's not like you, you, you go up to God and, and knock on his door and say, by the way, God, my name's Donald. Do you mind if I follow you? He says, he goes out and, and, and he looks for Donald. Jesus describes his mission as seeking and saving the lost. He goes out to look for the lost sheep because he's chosen us. Because he wants us. So there's an immediate value upon us. And we can put any of our names in that place. We are wanted by God. He wants us to find him, to follow him, to accept him, to receive him. And to do what he created us for. So that leads us to the second question. What are we chosen for? Now... Christians have two broad kind of perspectives on this, and uh, I'm going to, obviously, uh, lots of you know what I think about these things, Um, so I'll I'll kind of share that, but I'm aware that some of us will take different points of view, and that's absolutely fine. In fact, I think it's important and healthy as a church 
that we learn to listen to each other and to hear different understandings. But a really big and important question to ask then about the idea of chosen is that does God choose us to receive something or to do something? And when we come to our decision as to which of those it is, it affects quite a lot of what, how we interpret these verses and others like them. So when we talk about God choosing, is he choosing you and I to receive something or is he choosing you and I to do something? Now, actually, in the context of these verses, it's really, really clear. And I actually believe that's clear, actually, in the vast majority of the times that God talks about being chosen. He says, I chose you and appointed you. He was chosen for a purpose. He chose them because he wanted them to carry on making disciples. He chose them because he was going to ascend to heaven and he wanted them to carry on with his message. They were chosen for a task. And it's really important that we have a, a kind of big picture because there were 12 disciples, you all know that. And there's a, 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 an intended symmetry with the Old Testament where there are 12 tribes in the people of God. And the, people, the 12 tribes come from the 12 sons that are descended from Abraham. And Abraham begins this sense of being chosen. And we talk of uh, the, the people of God in the Old Testament as the chosen people. But were they chosen to receive or to do? If we look back at the call, we see that the Lord said to Abraham, this is before he's renamed Abraham, it's just Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. He's being chosen. Is he being chosen to receive or to do? And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you are a curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And the disciples become the inheritance, inheritors of this role to bring the love of God to mankind, to be a blessing. And to bear it out, Jesus says in John, he says, I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. Now, we've looked quite a lot at this because uh, Jesus has already talked about being fruit. He talks about remaining in him to bear fruit. And again, if you go back and look at one of our videos or podcasts, you'll hear uh, how we talked about that. But it's really important when themes are repeated that Jesus is really clear with the disciples. This is all about you reproducing what you have. That's what fruitfulness is. A fruitful tree produces more trees. It, uh, an, an apple tree produces apples, which produce more apple trees. Uh, and we have in, in our garden uh, some conker trees that are chestnut trees that are from conkers that were from the garden, uh, from the conker tree that was in the garden when I was a child. And they were collected over 40, uh, 30 years ago and they've grown into trees, and they are now growing and, and producing conkers from the same tree that I grew up with. Fruitfulness is reproducing 
discipleship in others. And we talked about, well, that's difficult. How on earth do we do that? And we tried to simplify that and break that down. And we're going to simplify it and break it down again this evening. But just to, that's, that's all there in the past. But we're chosen for this purpose. And we're to do it through love because he says it again in 17. He's already said it in 13, I think. This is my command, love each other. You'll know repetition means underlining, means importance. The, per, the way we reproduce is to love. So in one sense, you don't need to worry about, be, about being, uh, reproducing other people who believe the same things as you. All you need to concentrate is being loving. In one sense, you don't need to worry about trying to remain in God's love because he says all you need, what you need to do is love. When we choose love, I don't mean the feelings of love. I mean the love for the enemy. I mean the love that is painful and difficult, but is an action. When we choose actions of love, it bears fruit. And he's chosen you and I to do that. Uh, these are our uh, superheroes. And each letter began uh, with, I, I just kind of thought of uh, six different superheroes. And each letter was, was who one of them might be. And I don't suppose that these are the kind of people you uh, wanted to be. But the one, we, one of the ones we had this morning, I'm going to show you each one in, through the time. But one of those ones this morning was A was for Action Man. And Action Man was simply, wasn't that little figure who has a fake beard and uh, drives a Jeep, which I never had. I never had an action man. I don't know whether you had an action man as a kid, but for whatever reason, every year I asked for an action man, never got one. But anyway, enough of my broken childhood. <laughs> it's fine. I'm okay. What I meant by this is an action man is someone who just does what needs doing. Somebody needs a meal, they cook a meal. Somebody needs a lift somewhere, they give them a lift. Someone needs a garden a lawn cutting, they cut the lawn. Somebody needs a shelf being put up, they put the shelf up. Somebody needs a child being looked after, they look after the child. They do action. They just do what needs doing. I think we'll have some music for this. Oh, there we go, action, man. That's enough of that. Uh, when God chose us, he gave us different gifts different skills, different abilities. So this is what I want you to do. So what are we chosen for? We're chosen for fruitful love. We're chosen to be people who encourage, who build, who strengthen. We're chosen to be people who listen, who hear people's pain. And I think many of you will know the power of having someone listen to you and how it transforms you. So that was my L, that was a listening lad. I tried to make them alliterate and I failed and then everybody told me uh, what I should have had, but some of them alliterate. That's when music is going. What are we chosen for? You and I may be chosen to be an encourager, we may be chosen to be a listener, we may be chosen to be someone who can help in a situation. We may be chosen to have compassion and to empathize and to draw alongside. We may have been chosen in, uh, uh, in all kinds of situations, but the call for us will be unique. It won't be the call, same call as Donald, it will be unique. There were 12 in this situation and God calls each of us differently. We're all different shapes and sizes. We all have different skills. We have different passions. We have different experiences. And this fruitful love comes from an offered life of saying, Lord, here I am. I receive your call. Here's my life. I offer it to you. 
And we go, well, what, does, what will happen? We discover that when we, uh, when we embrace the call and we offer him our lives, then opportunities, conversations, things happen. It's my belief that through this coming day or week, you will have opportunities that God has chosen for you. Opportunities to love. Opportunities for you to model what a disciple is. Opportunities for you to show people what it looks like to know and love Jesus. Because our culture has got no idea what it means, what it looks like. And when we offer God our lives, he will have, we'll have opportunities. And your opportunities will be completely different to my opportunities because you walk in a different place, in a different circle, in a different lifestyle. And we've not only got different opportunities, we've got different enthusiasms. And God always uses who we are and how he shaped us. And the things that you love. So I, I might have opportunity to talk about football uh, at a lower league level, and you think, I hate football. Why does he talk about football? But whatever you're passionate about, God will use. Whatever your enthusiasm is. Whatever he's sown in your heart that excites you. He was chosen that for you. And he wants to use that. He wants to use who you are with the people he's putting in your life. And so we say to God, here I am. Help me use the opportunities. Help me use what you've made uh, me passionate about. And we ask God and we offer him our skills. The things that we're good at. We'd have to be the best in the world. I found it very, very liberating. I've told you before this a number of years ago when I realized I don't have to be the best preacher in the world. I just have to be okay at it. For 150 people on a Sunday night and to say to God, here, here I am, can you use me? And you will have skills it may not be the world champion it, but you'll be better than most of us. And then there'll be opportunities for you to use your skills this week. And when you say to God, here I am, and he says, I've chosen you because I shaped you. Uh, even before you were born in your mother's womb, I gave you some gifts and some passions and some skills. And not only does he use our, in our opportunities, our enthusiasms and our skills, but he also uses our experience. And here's one of the most fantastic things about God. So when things go wrong and life breaks, maybe we make poor choices, maybe somebody else makes poor choices and we sin or we're sinned against and we feel we're, we're, we're washed up what can't have been what God intended. And it, I don't believe it was what God intended. But I believe God is so powerful that he can reshape whatever's gone wrong and bring good out of it. He works all things for good for those who love him. It doesn't mean all things are good. It means he works good out of them. He takes what's broken and damaged. And so very often we find that God has chosen you in part because of the things you think disqualify you. And those are the things he's going to use alongside others. And you know what? The world doesn't need very many successful people. 
because it's fake. The world needs broken people who can say, I'm still here. And I'm still loving Jesus. And this is how I got through my brokenness. And this is how I was saved from bitterness or resentment. This is how God picked me up after my failures. That's what the world needs. It's the faith that transforms situations, not the faith that pretends they never happened. And God's chosen you for some people this week. Uh, Let's do another one of our superheroes. Uh, This one was W. Wise Advice Woman. Bit of music for that. I don't know why James Bond is the woman. It was kind of. Anyway, watch the video. It may be that God's given you wisdom. What are we chosen for? We're chosen, and he says, I've got people that I want you to impact. It may be a moment each day, not the whole of the day. You know, I, don't, I, I believe that God has little things that he wants us to do, and then he says, the rest of the hour, you do what you think's best. But there's a conversation I'd love you to have. There's a smile I want you to give. There's a, there's a person I want you to listen to. There's a gift I want you to share with someone. There is a prayer I want you to pray. And sometimes it's commitments each week. He says, I really want you to commit to this. 6.30 on a Thursday night, I want you to be down here with our young people. Two o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, I want you to be with older members of our community. Nine o'clock on a Friday night, I want you to be with that group of people. 7.30 in the morning, I want you to be with that family. Whatever it is, part of what God has chosen for us is something that's faithful. We stick at it and we do it. And some of it is a pattern each year. It's a job, it's a career, it's a life that we do. It's what we do, perhaps for our income. It's because we teach, it's because we care for people, it's because we're involved in business and we help people uh, to to have employment or because we're involved in, in, in the NHS or whatever it is. Sometimes, well, I think for all of us, it's a bit of all of those three. God says, I've chosen you for something today that you may feel is a bit random and you may never know what it achieves, but in heaven it will sort itself out. And he says, I've chosen you. Could you just do this every week for me? And actually, could you do this with your life? A big arching theme. And some of us have the privilege of knowing roughly what we're meant to do, and some of us, God says, just keep serving me, and when you get to heaven, I'll show you what you were doing. And that's okay. See, uh, this is the one I, could, I, I couldn't get to alliterate, and then different people told me different alliterations. Alliteration means two things begin with the same letter. C was my creative boy. Should have been creative chap, creative child, uh, creative creature. Lots of people gave me my C's this morning, but I hadn't thought of any of them. But basically, this is people who, through art, through music, through beauty, through pictures, through things that they make or sing or say or write, they create a sense of awe and wonder. 
and a sense of beauty that draws people into the heart of God. We were talking on our live stream call to prayer last week about how God has created us to make beauty. And that's really important. And some of us are able to do that. Uh, some music for that. You just got to see the dance. You really have to watch the video to see Joel's dance because it was unbelievable. Uh, moving. I was moved. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, number, my P. These, remember, these are superheroes. These are the things that change the world. And you go, ah, couldn't I just be invisible? Or, you know, couldn't I fly? But these things really do change situations. If you're a person who just has the confidence and the commitment just to say, I'll pray for you. You will change the relationships that you have. You will change the week if you regularly say, I'll pray about that. And bit by bit, you have the confidence to say, could I just say a prayer now? And we will change the world. Music. It's not very spiritual, is it? Apologies. <laughs> what are we chosen for? We're chosen to do fruitful love. That may be our jobs. It may be volunteering. It may be relationships. It may be encounters. And it may be giving. It may be that God has chosen you. He says, look, I've given you a lot. I need you to give some of that away. I said this morning that uh, maybe 10 or more years ago, we began to give out food to one or two people that we had a connection with, that we were encountering, who were coming into the church for need. We began to give out maybe one or two parcels a week. We had a harvest, and we said, can we just have some food that we could give to people? And we had a harvest platform full of uh, tin stuff and it lasted through to Easter. Bit by bit that has grown. And uh, we had the harvest last October with the same amount of food, probably more food in fact. It gone by Thursday. Because for whatever reason God has positioned us to be at the heart of something and we're at the heart of something that's going to be a storm for many people over the next few months. I'm confident the government will do stuff. And I'm confident that we need to help people who are afraid. But there will be more and more people coming to us for food. At the moment, it's about 200 people a week. It's about 2,000 pounds a week. A bit more than 2,000 pounds, about 100,000 pounds a year if it stays where it is right now and it won't. I wonder if God's chosen us as a church. I believe he has. He's chosen us as a church. We didn't plan it. We didn't say, oh, this is a good idea. Let's start our food bank because in 15 years' time, we'll need it. It's just happened. And this is what happens. That God says, I want you to do something. We don't know where that's going or what it's about, but God uses it. So our G was uh, for generous girl, so maybe God is calling you and chosen you to be generous and to share and to give in whatever way to people. And he says, I want you to go and bear fruit. And then he says, fruit that will last. What does he mean? He means if you love others and you invest in being a disciple, if you invest in copying me, 
following me, doing what I do, in heaven you will see what it produces. You will meet people who say, I'm the answer to your prayer. You will meet people who will say, you don't know, but you gave to this work and I'm here because of that generosity. I watched you from afar on the other side of the office and I'm here because of what I saw. I'm here because you invited me to something. I'm here because you listened at a point of real crisis and you were there for me. So let's go a little bit more quickly. Is it possible not to be chosen? And uh, what I'm going to say now is that for some of you, this is not a question, in which case, just go to sleep for about five minutes. For some others of us, this is a really frightening question, in which case I'd like you to try and listen for a few moments. For some of us, this is a really uh, important theological question, in which case I may not say what you want me to say. In which case, forgive me, but we can chat another time. It boils down to this question, are we chosen to receive or to do? And very often people uh, are very concerned. There are two basic viewpoints and they tend to be concerned around this verse. It says, for many are invited but few are chosen. Or some versions say many are called and few are chosen. Now does this mean actually that God has decided not to choose some people? Because that gets a bit scary. What, how, because if you're like me, you'll go, well I'm not good enough, I won't be one of the chosen ones because I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't deserve it. I'm not good enough. So this, if this parable's ever worried you, I'm going to try and explain. If it's never worried you, just try and count how many ceiling tiles there are. Do you know, just do something for two or three minutes just to get your mind off it, because I don't want you to worry about this. But this is a, uh, it comes out of a parable that Jesus uh, tells. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son, and he sent his servants for those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. The king is like God. He's inviting people. He sends his son. They beat him up. Uh, he, he says, you know, this is not right. Everyone's invited, but some people refuse to come. So he goes to the street corners, invite, uh, he says to the servants, go to the street corners, invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and everyone's invited and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. Come. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. So this is a great story about God saying, I've invited some people, they don't want to come, so I'm going to invite others. And then we read that uh, this strange things happens. When the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He hadn't bothered. hadn't made any effort. And he said, friend, how did you get here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. And the king throws him out. And that's when you get this verse. Many are invited, but few are chosen. And you go, oh, what? What, what are these clothes? <laughs> what does that mean? Everyone was invited, everyone was brought in, but some people weren't wearing the right clothes. That's a bit scary. What does that mean? Well, there are two in understandings, two ways of looking at it. There, the one is that some people are chosen to receive, and the, there'll be folks among us who, who feel that's the understanding, and, and that's absolutely fine. It's important, as I said earlier, that we have a church where we hear and listen and hold different viewpoints. 
my understanding is different because it's based on, on, on trying to look at the whole of the way Jesus is responding to people. He's chosen some people and some people choose to respond to the invite, but he invites everyone. And some people choose to respond to the invite. But even those who are invited need to wear Christ's clothes. They don't come in in their own strength. They come in clothed with Christ. We have to know Jesus. We have to wear the... Uh, technical, we have to wear the righteousness that he's given us. We have to wear the clean stuff that he's asked us to put on. It's not just come into heaven and it's fine. It's, I'm inviting everyone, but you need to wear the right clothes. You need to wear the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness, the mercy, the grace of Jesus. So who are the chosen are the chosen the people who God chooses or the people who respond to his choice? Now, if chosenness is to do with what we receive, then it might be that we have a problem. But I think chosenness is to do with what we are to do. And that's why God's people are called all the way along the chosen people because we've been asked to do something and we have a choice whether we do it. But even if chosenness was to do with whether we can or can't be a Christian, and there are all kinds of debates around Romans uh, 9 and Romans 11, but in the middle of 9 and 11 is Romans 10. It says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. This is the same thing. There's no difference between the chosen people, the Jews, and the unchosen. The same Lord is all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I just want to say this to any of us here tonight who are afraid. And you think, I can't be a Christian because God wouldn't have me. He invites us to call anyone who says, God, will you have mercy on me? I'm not worthy. Will you have mercy on me? And I have preached long enough to know that there are always folks who worry that they're not chosen. And I just want to say to you, call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. Full stop. Because you're chosen. You're wanted. You're chosen to do something, not to receive something. And he goes on and he underlines it because he keeps on repeating it. How can they call on the name of the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they, anyone preach unless they're sent? And you get back to this chosen to do something. We are chosen to be fruitful disciples and to make a difference. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We're to be, we've been called to bear fruit. Is it possible not to be chosen? It depends on whether we're talking about receiving or doing, but either way I would say no. We're all chosen. 
And if it's to do with uh, doing, it's important to remember that every one of us has been chosen to be unique. You're not chosen to be Donald, you're chosen to be you. And this is the, the image of the body in the New Testament where you, 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 it's not that you're a complete body, it's that you may be a toenail or a belly button or an earlobe or an, a, a hair on the left knee or, or, or whatever it is. And he says to each one, to every one of us, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And all these at work in the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. You and I have been called in to be part of a body. And we're all different shapes and sizes. And every one of us has been given a role within it. In fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. We are unique, called, chosen. Will you do this for me? Will you be an earlobe? I know actually in the Bible it says, will you be an eye or a nose or, or, or a mouth? Um, but will you be it? For God's, we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. When he saw you in your mother's womb, he thought, I know, I'm going to create these passions, these enthusiasms, these skills, and I'll even mend these experiences because I know what I want them to be doing when they're 29. I know what I want them to be doing when they're 43. I know what I want them to be doing when they're 57. I know what I want them to be doing when they're 75. And I've prepared the brokenness of this world that they could be a part of fixing. So very quickly as we come to conclusion, is it possible to refuse God's choice? The basic thing is yes. There's a story where the people of God turn a voice against God. And it's used again and again in the New Testament. He says, do not harden your hearts like they did. Do not become people of disobedience. We have to choose to accept God's choice. So here's our final, so what? What does it mean that God has chosen you and I to be fruitful? We can refuse to do it. So it's important that we buy in. Judas chose a different plan. Judas rejected what Jesus had for him. What does it mean? So what? Firstly, we recognize our significance, that we are valuable to God. You know, this isn't just uh, a thing that you turn up to. Oh, I'll pop along to church every now and then. We're part of a movement that God has chosen us. Whether this is your church or another church is your church, God has chosen you to be part of that. Because we're significant, we matter. We've got gifts, we're superheroes. Whatever your music is, it may be that you're a listener, it may be that you're an action person, it may be that you're a prayer, it may be that you're generous, it may be that you now do all of those things. It may be that you're creative, but God has chosen us. And so we need to accept the invitation. Say, Lord, here I am. Here's today. Here's tomorrow. Here's this week. I offer it to you. Help me to be what you want me to be. And we offer ourselves for something that we'll look back at the end of our life and say, I did what I was meant to do. 
I used the breath that you gave me, the talents that you gave. I didn't bury them because I was afraid. I put them to work for you, Jesus. And we choose actions. Notice the very next verse. This is my command. Love each other. He's already begun the passage with my command. He ends with my command. It matters. It's love. And we may say, I don't know how to do these things. I don't know how to be a listener. Or I struggle to have wise advice. Or I, 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 don't, I'm not, I just fail on the prayer front. And here's the final part of the passage. And he says, and so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. See, it's nestled in there. And we did a whole sermon about how, what that really means and what it doesn't mean, but it's just worth coming back to. It's saying, if you ask for help to do what I want you to do, you will get the help promise. Because I've chosen you to do this, and I will equip you. I will fill you with my spirit to do this. So as Joel comes with, uh, I was going to say the band, but Lisa is our band. Uh, how can we be aware of God's call each day? Let's stand together. Lord, thank you that you, you know who we are. You know what passions we have. You know what experiences we have. You know what the opportunities of this week are. You know what you've put in our heart. You know what you've put in our hands. We give it to you, Lord. Give it to you. We want to be a blessing to the world as you called us as the children and sons and daughters of Abraham. We want to be a blessing to the world. We want to create fruit that lasts. We offer ourselves to be people of love. We offer who we are to you again wondering at the immense wonder that you would call us. We don't feel like superheroes. We feel a bit ordinary. Thank you, that's the way you like it. You love the clay jars out of which your treasure flows. So we are clay jars and we offer ourselves to you for your glory.